Welcome everybody to Sci-Fi Distilled. I'd like to wake, w welcome our guest Dan from Trek Geeks. And we are going to talk about the 1999 classic, the best Star Trek movie ever, <laughs> Galaxy Quest. Now, I got I got we... blocked by a guy for saying that, believe it or not. Did you really? So, I'm still <laughs> just 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 FYI, I still I still am not seeing that we're live on Facebook just so you know that. I have, so there you go. What? Facebook doesn't ah. love me. Okay, Facebook okay. doesn't love you. So, this wait, has got to be... Oh, hang what, on what? before we start. What? Let's introduce our I guest did. of honor I tonight. Just, I just did. No, do people know like he's from the Trek Geeks? Please, do they know right. the Trek Geeks have like a million kick-ass podcasts? <laughs> do they know this information? No, I, don't know. I have. Wow. Oh, there, well, I hear it now. I hear yeah. it on Facebook. Yeah, that was mine. <laughs> I'm, so. I'm about to do that too right now. Um, yeah, if you guys are looking for any kind of star trek podcast content and you can't find it with the trek geeks and you're you just you don't really want star trek <laughs> they okay. have an amazing lineup wow well thanks it's great to be here i i i love galaxy quest and any chance that i get to do something without bill is always a thumbs up so yeah there we go full disclosure well, we didn't invite bill he just couldn't make it tonight <laughs> thank god oh no. speaking of which um let me get because we always do since it's sci-fi distilled we have a, a little bit of an alcohol theme. So we have our cocktails. Jar. I don't know if Mary Beth warned you. I have Warning. a cocktail. cocktail. I have one and too. our featured cocktail today is, of course, Grapthar's Hammer. So uh, two parts vodka, one part lime-infused rum, three parts pineapple juice, a dash of black walnut bitters. So there you go. By Grapthar's Hammer, you will be avenged. And, of course, that's on the website if you want to look it up later. Nice. Moving on. So just so you guys know, I, for some reason, won't load the page for me, so I can't see comments. There I aren't any yet. Trying. There are not any yet. No one's so. talking to us yet. No. Well, all right, let's Quiet. dive in. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure I saw this in the theater when it came out. Can't remember quite, you know, some of that's a little fuzzy back 20-some-odd years ago. Mm. But um, wasn't apparently a big blockbuster hit, but obviously in, in, in cult. Uh, fashion it certainly is popular and it's really is a homage in my opinion and i think a lot of people's opinion to sci-fi star trek fans specifically um you know it's it's some people look at it as making fun of star trek fans i look at it as as kind of a an, saying how cool is it to be a star trek fan because <laughs> we all know we would all love to 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 have it be real <laughs> and if you've ever been to ticonderoga that's as real as it's gonna get folks <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah, I was I was looking over some notes of the of the movie before we sat down, and I didn't realize it only made less than ninety one million at the box office, which is not a lot even by the '90s standards. Um, it made twice its budget, which is which is pretty decent. But uh, but yeah, I and it's funny that you say that it's that homage. I agree with you, uh, Mike. Um, but I also think that back then it was still not cool to be a Star Trek fan like it is now. Like it now it's the coolest in the 90s, thing in yeah. the world. Yeah. Um, but in, back in the 90s, it was still that, you know, William Shatner on Saturday Night Live, you know, move out of your parents' basements type. Right. right. Um, but oh, yeah, it's a fantastic, a fantastic sci-fi movie directed specifically at Star Trek fans. I totally agree. Yep. And it, it was interesting if you if there is the we should definitely mention the documentary that came out recently called Never Surrender. It is on Amazon Prime for you guys that want to watch it. Highly recommend it if you are a Galaxy Quest fan. Uh, talks about a lot of the stuff um, that 
you know, was going on in the buildup, you know, Harold Ramis was originally the original director. Uh, he pretty much left when they wanted to cast Tim Allen. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, he didn't want Tim Allen and felt, and, and of course, you look at it now and you think, how could anybody else but Tim Allen play, uh, you know, the captain? And, and but, you know, I looked over some of the other names. Um, you know, Kevin Klein, I think, would have worked. I think he could have pulled it off. Um, you know, would have been as good a movie. Again, this is kind of almost like one of those lightning in a bottle films where you have a great cast, a there great story, and they all just... a number of names that were considered, and I can kind of rattle them off here. We Kevin Klein was like their first pick. Yeah. But then they were thinking maybe Bruce Willis, Tim Robbins, Mel Gibson, Alec Baldwin, Steve Martin, Bill Murray, and Robin Williams. And they all said no. And Tim yeah. Allen was the only one who actively lobbied for the part. Yeah. And Tim Allen was going to do Bicentennial Man at the same time, which ended up going to uh, Robin Williams. And I think that was a good, because I think Robin was really good in that film. So I think that was probably worked out for the best for both it's, of them. <laughs> it's funny that you mention all those names as you're going through the list. I'm like, nope, nope, no way. <laughs> Tim Robbins, uh-uh, nope. Yeah. So yeah, they yep. really get the right guy. And they're all great actors in their they own are. right. You can't absolutely. see, yeah. you know, like they I are. love Steve Martin, but I could never see him doing that role. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the one that funny I thought was funny, kind of not out of place, but like, you know, because Scorny Weaver obviously has done plenty of sci-fi. But she seemed like, you know, the ditzy blonde, I never see her as that character. And, that, and then she pulled it off. Yeah, it was kind of a weird crossover. Kind of type, yeah. yeah, yeah she was, she's always played Ripley, you know, this yeah, kind yeah. of very tough you know, woman and a strong woman character. And now you got this woman that's going, you know, why are these things here? It might be the young 20, young twenties male in me. This is my favorite role of hers. Really? I, like, I like this role that she does in this better than Ripley. As much as I love Ripley in the original alien, this one, because she takes all of those um, preconceived notions that people had, about the type of person she played in the movie and she just eats it up and spits it back out at you. And I really thought she pulled it off. Great. Yeah. And the she best line, yeah. you know, she has is I have one job. It's stupid. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but she ended up like, if there's a trio, like if there is the Kirk Spock McCoy, like counterparts, it would probably be the Nesmith Alexander Dane. Uh, what was her name? Gwen DeMarco. Yep. And she was kind of the heart of the group. She she actually ended up being the sensible one in a lot of moments. So right. yeah, she it worked. It worked for her. It was a great role. And, yep. and, and I'm sure we're going to get into it more, but for me, as great as the entire cast was, nobody can hold a candle to what Alan Rickman did in this movie. Oh, I Absolutely. agree. I completely agree. It is. Another... I mean, it still hurts to watch this movie now, knowing that he's passed away. I mean, yeah. um, I watched it um, it's funny. Um, before I, I watched this about a week before I got your your email, uh, Mary Beth, about about this. Um, so it was fresh in my mind, and I'm watching it, and I'm going, man, it's it's really just it's too bad. Uh, so many people have have uh, have passed on recently that that we've grown up to love so much, and he totally killed this role. Yeah, yeah and actually, his death kind of put the final nail in the series coffin because it was an Amazon or I think was going to do it, or Netflix. They had every, a lot of things lined up. They had scripts, they had shooting schedules, wow. and, then, and then Alan died. He was sick, of course, and um, that pretty much, they were like, they couldn't figure out how 
how are they going to do this without him? Like mm-hmm. they couldn't, they, so it just, and yeah, probably for the no best because without him, him it, it, yeah. I mean, you need, you need Dr. Lazarus. Right. So Bruce, <laughs> just so you guys know, Bruce Clayfair is just sending me a message that says the video has ended. So we, Facebook may be not cooperating with us this evening. Um, oh. I'm still watching it. And oh, live. hi, Callie. People watching it. Yeah. Hi, doggies. Hi. <laughs> I, I thought I shut my door, but I didn't. No, we welcome. <laughs> we welcome visitors. Dude, and thanks for joining. Steve Pelock just joined. So somebody's watching it. That okay. Let me see. Let me tell him that. No, but yeah, uh, but um, just back on Alan. This movie says a lot. This movie does a lot. I, I said in my teaser that it's a love letter to Star Trek and it's a love letter to the fans. Mm-hmm. But there's also a little message in there to the makers and actors of Star Trek and of all the people who could deliver that message. It was Alan Rickman and he does. And we can kind of dive into that. Yeah. Um, about what it says about people who make stuff like Star Trek. Um, yeah, okay. I told Bruce we're on, so hopefully he's going to tune in. But his, uh, <laughs> hope he finds it. Um, Alan's moment and what Alan is telling the actors of Star Trek comes in, spoiler, I hope everyone has seen it, um, when Quellick dies. Mm-hmm. And he says for the first, <laughs> Bruce, stop talking to me. And he says, um, <laughs> he says to Quellick as he lays dying for the first time, he says it and he means it. He says the words by Grabthar's hammer. By the sons of Warven, you shall be avenged. And in that moment, he completely understands what it means to the fans. Right. And so this is this movie telling the act, like the people who make Star Trek, do you understand what this means to us? Do you understand how this inspires us? And And, and who else could do it? Alan Rickman. Absolutely. And on that note, I'm kind of curious, this is going to be a little bit of a tangent. Um, Based on that and what we're used to, some of the stories that we've heard in the day about some of the Star Trek cast and how they treated fans at conventions. That's one of the things that I really appreciate about the new Star Trek shows and the cast that are in the new shows. People like Doug Jones and Sonequa Martin-Green and Anthony Rapp and so many others, they know what this means to us and it means just as much to them to be able to bring us these stories. And that's one of the things I don't think was as relevant back in the early days i think it started picking up with tng and ds9 and and voyager but it really has taken off in this new wave of star trek and i would also add bruce is still talking to me stop talking yeah no i mean Um, i'm getting messages too apparently it's it's locked it's locked some people can't see the video i don't know why that is it's never yeah i would also add to that was the advent of social media because these actors and creators are so generously available right on social you can tweet them and they answer like when i was a little kid watching growing up watching any tv show i couldn't like talk to the star and have them answer i couldn't like just say hey linda carter i love wonder woman (laughs) yeah i mean i could maybe write a letter and figure out where to send it in california Mm -hmm. all the way from massachusetts but would she get it i don't know nowadays everyone you just tweet them hey love it and they're like thanks and you're like oh my god yeah, it's it's a, it's an amazing feeling to get a response back from one yeah. of these people yeah. that have become heroes to us. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We had I think we just talked about um Alan and his passing in the Galaxy yeah. the right. show and it's funny that you said that. I didn't know that they were planning on doing a a stream yeah. series. It, it had been yeah, in the works for a while. Yeah, wow. yeah it's they'd rumbled about it and the fans were, you know, everybody was like, "Yes, yes, yes, please, that'd be awesome." Oh yeah. And and then and then Alan of course passed. It was yeah. twenty. What did I? Twenty sixteen. He died. I think something yes. like that. 
And so yeah, that they had a lot of, lot in place for that show. Um, wow. Scripts and like I said, shooting schedules that that far along. And uh, yeah, and that's and it and of course he passed, and they they just couldn't figure out how to do it without him. No, there is no doing it without him. Like I like, and as I was saying, his he was the heart. Like I think he was the heart, and his little moment with Quellick was kind of the heart of the. Um, another way that that idea is put across that uh, how much do you mean to us is um, through Justin Long's character. Um, <laughs> he's got the fireworks. <laughs> well, the protector's coming back in. You know, it's going to get superheated, so we're going to go out and <laughs> right. using fireworks for visual confirmation. Okay, well, dinner's yeah. at seven. Right, 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 exactly. <laughs> the typical mom. Yeah, yep. no, absolutely. But like the 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 fan gets to be the hero, and that and that's like saying that's like a huge "I love you" to the fans, and yeah. like that meant everything. Like that just meant so much. Do you think that it, it's it's at all possible when you you say like the the love letter to the fans? Do you think it's possible that the creators of Discovery? purposely made Takuvma look exactly like one of the people in the audience at the beginning of the convention. <laughs> have you ever noticed that? I never noticed I have that. not. Like, and oh, now man. I have yeah. to go back and yep. look. They, they, when, when they first are, when they're at the, when they're waiting um, uh, for, for Jason to come out on stage and they're panning through the audience, there's one person and he's standing there. He's got the gold Klingon outfit. His face is the discovery look of the Klingons in season one. It's uncanny how much he looks like to Kuvma. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'll see if I can find what? a picture of it. I probably won't be able to real quick. By the yeah. way, you know, the woman that played Brandon's mom was was George Costanza's girlfriend that yes. died. Oh, was it? The, 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 yeah. the, the yeah. envelope Susan. flicker? Yeah, 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 Susan. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there because there's a ton of people <laughs> so, in this movie that were in yeah. other stuff. So right. every week we do all roads lead to Star Trek. Um, there's only has, two, two big roads. Roads there's, just circle around it constantly. The roads circle around. Yeah, the thematic <laughs> roads are there. Um. There are tons of crew, lots of crew, um, but of the performers, Rain Wilson, obviously, right? Because his turn at Mud, oh my god, yeah, yeah, like, he was that's great. my favorite episode. I love. I want to see him again. Yeah. yeah. And that's... then the other performer was actually Robin Sachs, our Saris, our main villain, and he played. Well, he played a ton of stuff on Babylon Five, actually, Rizzo, but he played on Voyager. He played on Natuk. I don't know. He plays some general on a Voyager episode called The Void. And those are our two major actor roads leading to Star Trek. But there were a million other, like, you know, crew, background, background performers. There's a lot of roads that lead to Star Trek. If I remember week. correctly, The Void is season five's premiere episode. Is it really? I think I'm double checking that right now. But Robin, I'm sure and Robin Sachs is. is another one who unfortunately is no longer with us. He was another amazing performer who was in everything. Um, yeah. It, it, it really is amazing. It's it's like the Kevin Star Trek is like the Kevin Bacon of television. These days. It is. There's it is. so many shows that I'll be watching or movies. I'm like, oh, Ben of Star Trek. Oh, Ben of Star Trek. Yeah. Um, well, actually, no, I'm sorry. The night was the season five premiere. So yeah. I gotta, it, I, it's with Star Trek has be, became, especially with, with next gen and beyond, because there were so many fans of the original show mm -hmm. that are now and they became famous actors. They all wanted to be a role. There was like, what was it? Is it Mick Fleetwood? Is actually on as a, as an alien in complete costume, you know, yep, because yep. he he's just like some weird squid yep. looking dude, and you know it's like weird. He just wanted to be in a Star Trek episode. Yeah, <laughs> I want I want to be in a Star Trek episode. Yeah, I want to be in a Star Trek who, episode. who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Right? Yeah, exactly. Who wouldn't? We all do. We all do. 
So, do you, so do yeah. You? So so Galaxy Quest, our happy little love letter. A few little. Um, oh, <laughs> we're talking about the cast. Um, one road leading to space 1999, and I'm doing this just for you, Roy. Patrick Green, who played Quellick, he's very recognizable. Um, he's got gorgeous, big, huge, enormous blue eyes. Um, he's the one who decided that the Thermians would walk like knees, like same arm and leg. And he got the idea from Fireball XL5, which is the immediate predecessor. It's a Jerry Anderson puppet show. It's an immediate predecessor to Thunderbirds. Like most of us in America know Thunderbirds are go, but right. like in the 60s, it was just Thunderbirds. And so he'd been watching the puppets and he decided, okay, that's how we're going to walk like that. And so he did that. Um, let's see, Justin Long and Missy Pyle were both reunited later in Dodgeball, one of our ah. favorite comedies. Yeah. <laughs> And of course, our our main Mathazar, our main bad guy, Enrico Colatoni. He's yeah, the one and he's the one that came up with the way they talk. Boat, yeah. <laughs> I can't even do it. <laughs> he said it was a vocal exercise. Yeah, he said they, he came up with it, and he, they were like, they loved it. So, oh, that's you cool. know, that was how that worked out. But um, <laughs> I was yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let me ask you this, because I was as I was thinking of different things to talk about yeah everybody's got to have their favorite scenes what what are your what are your what is your all-time favorite scene in the movie and lot. why There's wow so that's a tough one um, um I, I i i have one job it's stupid but i'm gonna do it because that's, that's i personally say that a lot i say that a lot the scene with the chompers is hysterical yeah. because yeah. it's, it's just, that it was that was so science there, fiction yeah. shows of of, of the oh yeah that's from event you know, horizon what, the he got the idea. For, yes, because in Event Horizon, there's spinning blades or something in yeah. the ship, and they were like, "Why are there? Why are they there? Like, why would you yeah. put this there?" Yeah. yeah. And and but I think I think one of my favorites was um, when uh, there's Tony Shalhoub is is working the transporter and he he transports the rock guy. And he goes, and he goes, oh, he's like, this is going to be good. Like, <laughs> and he transports the rock into the room and they're watching him yeah, all. Yeah. And he's just sitting there kind of giggling. Because <laughs> you I always like wonder any... in Star Trek, why don't they do more shit, stuff like yeah, stuff like, like that? Because we don't with, kill. With the, with the transporter, you know, like, why don't they have transporter bombs where they just like transport a bomb inside a <laughs> ship and boom, you know. Because we're so compassionate and ethical. <laughs> Can't get it through I... the shields. Um, I like the scene. I like Stan Rockwell. Is there air? You oh, yeah, don't know. That's, I mean, there's just so many. Yeah, that whole scene on the planet when yeah. you know he goes, he goes i think yeah, those must be the miners well yeah they're all little kids <laughs> not miners miners, miners. <laughs> it's funny when you started talking riz about the uh about the uh scene with with fred beaming the rock monster yeah. i thought you were gonna go where i was gonna go which is when he beams the pig monster the up. Pig. Oh yeah, and then it explodes, oh, so and, good. and he's like, yeah. Yeah, and, the, and the pig, and he's he's flapping his hand around like the guts of the pig monster. Yeah. That's my favorite moment of that movie. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm well, really it, it's inside out, and it exploded, and, and it, it exploded. exploded. You know the, the little nod there that no one that, that I may be inventing. I might be about to lie to all of you, but one time I think James Doohan said it was more of an art doing he's like you know and i would finagle it like this and he would always try to hide his missing fingers mm -hmm. and he would work and i think he said it's an art and that line is in there he's like oh they modeled it after your it's more of your an art than a science yeah. Ah, yeah. Yeah. i think that's a doing nod but i don't be. know i don't know that for it a might fact. be cool the, the other thing on the planet i thought was one of the funniest because it was very quick is when Shakur, we need to get out of here before somebody kills guy oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> like because we knew that they were gonna die, but the guy yeah. that had no, no, no name, no. It's the you know, crewman number four was gonna die. That's the funny thing about these tropes. Like they were in on the joke. Like yeah. they yeah. knew yeah. from right. performing in the show, and so it made it. It made it not just like stupid gags for the sake of stupid gags. It made it work. And a really good example of that is Tommy driving the ship, pulling out of space dock. Because yeah. you see Sulu <laughs> do it in the motion picture, right? And he just yeah. you know. But Tommy, Tommy doesn't okay. actually know how to pilot. He I'm doesn't glad, know how to drive the ship. I'm really glad you brought that up because one of the things I was going to say is: Are there any scenes that drive you crazy in this movie? That mm. scene drives me crazy, and it here's shouldn't. why. I know what you're going to say, but, but go, here's ahead, why. go ahead. Go ahead. It's okay. not because he's not steering it correctly, but he's he's you know drifting and he's drifting, and the nose of the protector starts oh, scraping. But then when it comes out, the nose is way inside, <laughs> but the wings way out and there. The How, wings that, I'm sorry, that's just the- Yeah, yeah there is a, there okay. is a spatial- that Yes, that it's might the, take you out of it. If you look at the ship- Yes, there you I go. see the ship. That's this is where he was scraping. Yeah. This should have been scraping. Right. I, I yeah. always, I guess I always thought- it Yeah, was that, that, that did bug me, but you know, it's- it's still if awesome. you really did a nitpick, we could say the Thermians could clearly read English. What did they think the credits were? <laughs> like they were seeing the credits. They were seeing the words Jason Nesmith as Peter Quincy Taggart. Certainly don't think, think Gilligan's Island meant? is real. Yeah, you don't All think- those poor people. <laughs> yeah, like what if they, so if you really want to nitpick, but don't, don't, yeah, don't. Yeah, you can't nitpick. Just love it. Just love it with your heart. Yeah, I do. I do love it. But And and it's become more of a humorous nitpick with that scene because yeah. it's just like yeah. wow those wings must retract and they never told us so we're gonna here's a quiz for our viewers and i just want to thank there's a lot of people that now have joined thank you yeah people thank for you sticking all with so us. much um for hanging with us what was the actual call numbers for the nsea nsea protector, protector. what was its number what were the Serial numbers number. you know like number. like the enterprise at ncc mm -hmm. 1701 what was the See if anybody don't Google. No, no Google. Don't Google. Google. Go ahead and start typing. I know there's a little delay, so we'll wait for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, so we'll, we'll, we'll let you, but we'll keep talking. We'll, so I'll, did we'll you guys it. notice and did you enjoy? So let's talk about the effects. Let's talk about the ship and the effects. The effects hold up. The effects oh, yeah, are do. brilliant. Here yep. we are 21 years later and they're still gorgeous. Yep. But did you guys notice that this show very cleverly starts in 4 3? And then it it's the old show, right? Yeah. Then it opens up to what, 135 or something? Mm -hmm. it's, right? Yeah. Like but then, then when he gets shot out, when they send him home, it opens up to like 2 8 or something. Yep. I don't know. It opens. And that's like symbolic of his eyes being open. Was that not genius? Like, and I thought that's, that was clever. It's clever. It's genius. And it's also one of the best special effects parts of a whole movie when you when he's going through like the what of the wormhole or whatever he's yeah, yeah. shooting through that that holds up really really well even yes, today yeah even really the really battles the, even the mines yeah. and all that stuff hold up i gotta say though that the alien ship is just goofy looking isn't it um the one alien ship doesn't look like the dude <laughs> it's supposed machine. to be kind of organic like i think yeah, yeah. Kind, it's kind of an organic feel yeah. to it yeah yeah yeah, Crab. I mean, it kind of reminded me of something out of like uh, Battle, not Battle of the Planets, um, or was it the one with the John Boy there that uh, Battle Beyond the Stars kind of weird. I don't know why it reminded me of that kind of weird 
Just strange design. Casey Shafsky. Hi, Casey. Oh, Welcome. God. Casey's on? Hey, Casey. <laughs> Casey's doing? the first person that I'm noticing. I should scroll back a little. Um, but the first person that I'm seeing who knows it's NTE3120. And right behind her, Marina. Yeah. Marina Kavchuk right. says NTE stands for not, not the Enterprise. The enterprise. Yep. Well, see, okay, so I think we should give it to Marina just so, A, we don't give anything to Casey, like credit, and B, because <laughs> it's Casey, my co-host on Discovering Trek, and I don't need to see him here anyway. Okay, okay. <laughs> Casey, you're always welcome. We're always, he is. Yes. He is. He's, you don't, we don't you know, turn anybody away because we don't we have enough no viewers to turn anybody away. I kid, away, really. I kid. I'm Casey is <laughs> one of one of our favorite people in the whole world, and I'm, and I'm glad he's here, and, and he's been fantastic on Discovering Trek, so good to see yeah. you, pal. Yeah. Martin is quoting the red thingy heading towards the green thing. Yeah, it's a red thing. Side towards... note, Casey, Dan says you stink, so. Okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's Casey. Yeah, you know, we, we really should talk about, um, you know. Uh, Sam Rockwell? No. And Ro yeah, Sam Rockwell, Gary, guys. Uh, I guess he Fleegman is what is Fleegman. listed, which Total they never, I don't think they ever said his last name actually in the film. Because it was just because do you do you have a last you name? Do I? When they read you the do I? Yeah. <laughs> do I? That but he was he was... was a nod to Guy Vardaman or someone some one of the background players on Next Gen. Uh, he was he was just so perfect in this film because you just like you know he's like because we all have seen been to a few of the conventions and we know a few of the the kind of the actors that were in one episode and they're kind of still, you know, mm -hmm. trying to hang on because they had no other career. Yep. And he kind of played, kind of embodies them all, you know, and no disrespect to any of them, but you know, he's kind of like, he's like, Hey, I'm doing the conventions and I'm, you know, and, and then he ends up, you know, I'm going to go on this thing. And then he's realizing that, Oh, I'm the red shirt. I'm the red shirt. And I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. die. Sam's awesome. So that year, Sam, at the same time, Sam had this and the green mile. That's right. Where he plays like complete. He is opposite. so good in the Green Mile. I love his character in that movie. Yeah. He is Wait, did he actually win the Oscar for the Green Mile? No, I don't think so. No, no I don't no, believe I don't think so. so. He also he also it. played Zaphide Beeblebrox on the uh, yeah. on the film version of uh, Hitchhikers, which we did last last time. Which we did oh, nice. last time. He does Not have the, the film, best but we did the theme in the entire movie Galaxy Quest. That's for sure. Yes. When they yes, first arrive. Does. Yes. Yeah, that's right. He does. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, the other, and then Tony Shalhoub's character, you know, he's just like, well, that was a hell of a thing. <laughs> oh, the stoner. Oh, so that, what is that? What is that about? Is it, is that a nod to um, Ricardo Montalban as a Spanish person playing an Indian? Oh, good question. That's a good Con? question. No, I'm wrong. Okay, it's okay. It's okay. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Because um, because because Tony Shalhoub's character Fred Kwan is not Asian, and right. he knows he's not Asian. Everyone knows he's not Asian, but he would just squint, like when they text Sergeant Chen, and he'd squint to look Asian. Is that like a nod to Hollywood in general? Using I, boy, you're really pulling that out of there because I didn't really catch any of that it's that deep. he was trying to sound seem or play Asian. I didn't. I don't know why it didn't. That didn't. I don't know anybody else. Okay, that everyone up or start typing. Start typing. <laughs> is Mary Beth off her rocker? Which could be She's true. Mary Beth. I, I always thought he was kind of like more of a child of the '60s, where he was, always seemed like he was a little stone. Uh, yes. Yeah, 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 that that to me is more like why he was squinting. He always had <laughs> <snack>. <laughs> he was a little burned out. You know. 
that's kind of uh but you know he's a great actor in his own Every, right I mean, so just... i've been watching like reviews and you know 10 things you didn't know about galaxy quest okay. and every single one of them says tony shalhoub was playing a non-asian playing an asian which is not, and they kept saying and it was a nod to david carradine Really? And I thought, no, no, wow. it's I didn't really know a nod okay, to Ricardo learned... Montalban because Don't you learn something new every time we have a show. Has that <laughs> my I was today years old when I I had no that never occurred to me that he was trying to play an Asian. No, no, that is funny. Because he'd squint. He was always Yeah, like, but I just it just again it was just kind of him going, I don't know, I didn't see that as but it was nineteen ninety nine, so now I'm like, okay, is that racist? Is no, that I racist? Don't, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it probably is, but you know, so did uh, you know when uh, Robert Downey Jr. played oh. a white guy playing a black guy, which was gold. which was hysterical. Oh, yeah. But I mean, it yeah. was yeah. It, you know, but now <laughs> I don't know, probably very bad taste. Uh, so, so what else? Oh, we were we start this started because I was talking about special effects, um, makeup, good makeup. That was Stan Winston doing all yep. that makeup. Yep. Yeah, and also love. Speaking of that. You know, as when Doctor Lazarus gets in the fight, you see his his prosthetic is, you know, the hair <laughs> starting to come out of it. It's all ripped and stuff like that. And nobody off. ever noticed. Notices- no, he never took it off. Yeah, the scene he's home in his home apartment yeah. talking <laughs> with Glenn on the phone, still in full. Oh yeah, yeah, he never takes it <laughs> off. But it was just funny because you could kind of see because you'd suspect if he's really fighting people, he, this thing is not meant for that, you know, and it would just yeah. kind of tear and. Because yes, yeah, so, like again, a little tension to detail because they could have just left it, you know. To me, they could have left it on, but I think it added to the comedy, you know. But, oh. Yeah. So tiny little side note, they uh Winston, they were getting ready to do the Planet of the Apes reboot, which was in two thousand or two thousand and one. Like right, it was like right oh, after Galaxy yeah. Quest. Mm-hmm. And they wanted the apes monkey muzzles to articulate. They wanted the the actors' faces to be able to articulate the prosthetic. Yep. So they had to invent a whole new way to do that. And they actually used it on Saris, on Robin Sachs, oh. uh, to see if it would work. And it apparently did, because he looks pretty menacing. Yeah, he does. Um, is his eye patch a nod to um, not JG, the other guy with the patch? Chang? Sorry. Yeah, Chang. Is, Chang it, is the patch 6? a nod to Chang? It. I, I my my browser just crashed, so I can't pull up a picture right now. But <laughs> was it bolted onto him, or was it a regular patch? Because if it was bolted, it it's was, definitely it had stuck. Like okay. it was busy. Okay. There was things. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, uh, that's what makes some of these movies so great is all the little nods they throw the in, little 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 tiny details. There, yeah. yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah there's my browser. It's all back now. <laughs> Hello, browser. <laughs> General Chang. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it could have. Yeah. And again, I never, you know, it's funny that people dissect these things so much and I just watch the movie and enjoy it. And I don't really, yeah, I pick up little things, certainly all the obvious things, but like little things like, I don't think I ever would have put the fact that he had an eye patch with General Chang from. Oh yeah. He's got all kinds of bolts on that thing. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it just, again, I just never, I never think, I never put that together. You know, I mean, I know the whole thing was a nod to Star Trek, clearly, but I didn't realize they got. It's just like a million. But you know what it's like, Rizzo? It's like when um, Mike and Denise said in um, what that movie, when when they're taken off with Zephyr and Cochran and Frakes and whoever else are in the ship with them. And they said, look right behind. There's all those oscillation overthrusters. Yeah, they put the overthrusters on the wall from from Upper Banzai. Yeah. 
because everyone like on set was a Buckaroo Banzai fan, so they stuck all these oscillations. So now every time I see that scene, I'm just looking at like You're looking at count. <laughs> he just Mike. Mike even well, if you watch that ep- our episode of the Buckaroo Banzai, Mike said he stuck them wherever he all yeah, over the he was place. Sticking them so anywhere awesome. he could. Yeah, they're all over Star Trek. So it's that kind of thing, and there's a bunch of little things in in this movie too. I've got a I've got a list. I'm not gonna rattle them off because it gets kind of it's kind of boring. And there's there's actually some nods to other stuff too. Besides, you know, uh, they're from the Klaatu Nebula. That's from the day the Earth right. stood day still. Day the Earth stood yep. still. Yeah, yeah. There's like there's that. it's not, and it is you know it's basically it is basically uh, Star Trek. But I mean, there is a lot of other science fiction stuff in there that and cliches and. You know, like they said, we said the ship and the chompers and, you know, all the ridiculous things that, you know, I believe there was even a scene where they had to go over a chasm or something like that in that when they're trying to get to that, you know, and the funny thing was, you know, they push the button to stop the explosion and and it, and it keeps going until it gets to one because on every episode where you had to stop something from exploding, it always stopped on one. That was like right you know, one, regardless yeah. of what happened, even though they stopped it ten minutes, ten seconds early, it's still going until it gets to one. <laughs> you know, that was just shows you that these Thermians were just very detail oriented. <laughs> for some reason, they felt that was necessary. Um, but here's a, here's a question I have for you yeah. both: Do you think that it's possible that Star Trek? after galaxy quest came out has taken parts of that movie and thrown it into their franchise because the the one thing that always points out to me is of course um the protector has the omega 13 and in voyager there's an episode called the omega directive about the omega molecule and and how does and how destructive that is and i've always wondered if it was named after the omega 13 from galaxy quest that's a fantastic question. That would question. be a good Okuda's question. That would they be would, a great Okuda's question. They would probably know that. And they'd probably know every single... I know that was they are definitely one. fans of this film, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes, Denise has said it's her favorite Star Trek movie. Yeah, I mean, they, they that's what that's what cracks me up. I mean, they, awesome. you have two people that worked on probably more Star Trek than, than most, <laughs> and, and they think that that's the best Star Trek film, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, riot. Dan, that's a fantastic question. I think the answer is yes. I can't point to anything yeah. but i suspect the answer is yes mm-hmm. and you know honestly even if there are no things like oscillation over thrusters or whatever i think they took the message to heart yeah and said you know what we're doing this isn't just some tv show it's not just a paid well, gig some tv show one could we're, argue we're, that 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 movie is what kick-started the popularity of being a star trek fan you know now it's cool to be a star mm-hmm. trek fan and That's i, I wonder idea. if that the success of that film kind of brought out you know shine the light on us nerds and said look you know we're actually this is pretty cool stuff and you know we're and, and i think a lot of us got older and we're just not ashamed of i don't right. care who knows i'm a star trek fan i yeah don't care you know that's so, a great point and it harkens back to what dan was saying right at the very beginning of the show the first half of our show before our glitch before um, that, that it was in the early 90s era where it, maybe being a geek was or being a nerd wasn't all that awesome and it was the era where bill shanner actually yep. said get a life people. yeah on saturday night yep. live yeah yep. so yeah and so out of your parents changed. basement go kiss and a then girl slowly like things like uh san diego comic-con became you know san diego comic-con is huge all right. the comic-cons are you know blowing up all over the country um we even have i mean our tiny little trek conderoga people come from yep. all over yep. so i think it, i think it what it made it okay to come out of the closet not to use that term you know in a funny way but 
in a way to say that you know what it's okay to like this stuff it's not yeah. it's not something to be ashamed of yeah and yeah. it means something positive yeah and it does it is and, and i guess they held true that in the film you know that these guys were still the good guys in the end and even though they were just actors but they were trying to do the right thing and um so there was still kind of that starfleet kind of attitude in there mm-hmm. um, and i think maybe one could argue that you know now although i think lower decks is probably more after the Rick and Morty crowd than it is mm. out of this, but you know, as, as far as being humorous and, and kind of poking fun at itself, I will one say could probably that say that this Orville, my, yeah, I will say, I think, I think the Orville, but I think what they were going with the craziness thing. of it, I think with the kind of the wackiness of it, I see a little, yeah, definitely Orville, but I, in that show, I see, I see some Rick and Morty kind of parallels. Not quite for as crazy lower, as Rick and Morty. Yeah, no, 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 not as crazy as Rick For Lower Decks, for me, it's just a giant Easter egg hunt. Because they oh. drop well, that's true. So I mean, it's not a hunt. Everything. I mean, everything is just laid out for 30 you. 30 minutes, and they're, like, dropping bombs. Yeah, it's constant. Bomb. It's constant. It's yeah. constant. Yeah. But anyway, Especially we're not talking about that show. <laughs> um, it's funny. I've never watched more than 35 seconds of The Orville. I have no idea how it is. I've never oh, seen it. Oh, Doug Drexler was on It's again, it's amazing. Yeah, Doug Drexler does work on it now. On the, he started with the second or third season. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's Zeph McFarlane's a huge Star Trek fan. Right. So, yeah. you know, and I love, he, I love and what he does. And this is definitely a love letter to TNG. Yeah. With absolutely. his kind of, it's not family. I thought it was going to be more family guy in space. It's way, way, way pulled mm-hmm. back. It's, it's yeah. still Straight funny. It's TNG. silly. At times, but it's more yeah, TNG yeah. than it's it is. Family now, yeah. yeah, where Galaxy Quest got meta and then took that extra, like, widened back to look at the fandom, Orville obviously does not do that. Orville's mm-hmm. a straight sci-fi show. This is the ship. This is the people. Right. This is There's the, no know. third, fourth wall. But it is absolutely in the same vein of, like, we're going to use humor. We're going to kind of poke fun at some of this, but, oh, yeah. we love it. Let's do it this way. And then yeah, they're good. doing it. Like, they're, you know. Once you get past the fact that it's not supposed to be a constant riot of of jokes mm-hmm. and you kind of take it as it is, it, it's it's better. The first few episodes, I was like, I thought this was going to be funnier. Oh, okay. No, and then you realize, um, oh, my God. This but is then I realize it's not. And then the second season even, even, is more serious than the first. You know what I'm saying? I've, I yeah. have heard that. Yep, yeah. I have heard that. So they, I don't they know. They try for the third... social commentary. Like, yeah. they've done a few so things. So he's definitely kind of recreating TNG light. Okay. That way. And he's brought a lot of Star Trek people into the show. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So, but that's for another show. Worth, yeah. Save yeah. it for another show, but it's. We'll definitely get Drexler to come back and do. And, oh, cool. And, yeah. And maybe that. just do some Orville because it's, it's. Yeah. Worth we could just do the Orville. So, why not? All right. Not? Let me check my notes. We're kind of all over the, all over yeah. the place tonight, <laughs> but that's okay. That's kind of how we roll here. While you're looking at your notes, one thing I'm going to bring up. And, and this isn't, I, I don't want to call this a gripe, but it's something that I understand had to be done. The, <laughs> the edit of the F-bomb that Sigourney's character drops because they had to edit her mm-hmm. F-bomb to out to make it PG-13. Get the PG, yeah. Is, 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 wow. I mean, I think they I could have done filmed... a better job in Audacity to dub that better. I was, that's something. No, they that, never filmed. Like, wow. Usually they film multiple takes of yeah. her saying one word and her saying the other word. They never, yeah. they just filmed it once. Yeah, but and yeah, funny. they had, I, I there was a it, lot more profanity think, in the movie, and they had. To take I think it all out. they left it in there on purpose so that we know what she said, but okay. they didn't, oh, she didn't okay. actually I say it. You know what I'm saying? I, I think it was. I think they'll do that. They'll ble- they'll won't bleep it out, but they'll blank it out. 
but you know what she said. I oh, bet you nowadays that would get in a PG thirteen. That would get in a Tommy. Yeah, I don't know. Another... It, it might get a PG thirteen if she if she yeah. actually said it. But that's Tommy. Tommy get. has almost the exact same thing early on in the command deck. Tommy Laredo says something very similar, and they edit it, but you can still see. He's. Hmm. I think he on set said shit, but then they change it. Da da da. It. But you can still say that he's saying shit. So there's yeah. that. Now, just shifting gears a little bit, something you just recently saw. Wasn't there something about the the, the Thermians and the design that they were kind of octopus like? Wasn't there something about? I can't remember now. There's something yeah, in the in the, yeah. in the in the in the documentary of how Spielberg that came, came to be. Yeah, Spielberg came along and said, "No, no, make them more humanoid." And they were like, "No, no, we're gonna stay with the oct octopi." Yeah. You know, okay. Space 1999, which which I haven't watched in decades, but I remember loving it as a show. There's one episode where there's some octopusy looking creature that oh yeah that people get slid on dragon uh, and that's what that reminds Roy, me. Roy, help us out. Oh really? Yeah. It's yeah. No, I know the episode. It was one of the. It was one of their scariest. Terrified me. The episode. No, oh, Space uh, 19 was where dragons, dragons domain or something like that. It's called Roy. Yeah. Help me out. And. <laughs> Um, you know what's weird about the octopus is for a hot second about a year ago, it was going around that they were like, and this isn't true, but it was going around. They're like, you know, octopuses aren't from Earth. They're like got different DNA. They're they're aliens. They're from somewhere else, which turns out to be not true. They are from Earth. They have the same DNA and like the same genetic makeup as the rest of us. But like, and so if for, for I remember thinking of Galaxy Dragon's Quest domain. being like, oh, that is the episode. Yeah, the, the octopus. Thank you. Um, just Thank to, go, to go back to something we were talking about earlier, I'm looking on an Easter egg page right now as we're talking. And one of the Easter eggs specifically says that Saris's eye patch was a nod to General Chang from Star Trek VI. Wow, there you go. How about that? Boom. Um, yep. Mic drop. Boom. All right, I'm not, out of here. Yeah. And not, <laughs> not Martok, General <laughs> Chang. Yep. Yeah. We have lots of Klingons with eye patches. Get them straight. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's interesting. That, see, that's the thing that I like is one of you know to to tie it all back to Star Trek again. One of the things I like about about the new Star Trek is all the nods that they have, the subtle ones and the not so subtle ones. And I think Galaxy Quest does a fantastic job of doing that in its own right to not only Star Trek but the other other genres and franchises that have always been popular uh, as we have been growing up. I completely agree. I yeah. completely agree. So there's, they're, they're arguing the episode whether it was Dragon's Domain or Bringers of Wonder. I think you could call either because Bringers of Wonder did have kind of a Sigmund the Sea Monster, if you remember that cart kid show. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of those. They're kind of like these big blobs of mm -hmm. with an eyeball in it. It was kind of that sort of look. So you could go either way. Your guys, I think you're both right. It could be Bringers of Wonder or Dragon's Domain. I'm going with Dragon's Domain. That was the what one. I remember, and like I said, it's been probably 35 years since I've watched it. Um, there was like there these legs hanging down, and there was like light behind it, and yeah, that's Dragon's Domain. Hot under it. That's yeah, that's I'm Dragon's saying. Domain. Yeah, that's Dragon's Domain. <laughs> scary. It was it was the most scary episode yeah. they ever had, and I think it pretty much frightened the crap out of me when I was a little kid. And <laughs> now I have to watch so. it. Yeah. I was only and, and I was only about seven when that's just maybe ten at the most when that kit was on. Would Sam be? Uh, the the yeah, Space Nineteen Ninety Nine and Old Doctor Who were scary, scary shows back. No, I never found Doctor Who scary. I did. There was Daleks one with a hand. Be, the Daleks would. Oh, what that was the hand of fear. No, that one didn't bother me. Daleks oh, when they scream at you. Five years younger than you. So. Next, everybody. Come on, that was kind that of was excellent. That yeah. was very good impersonation there, Red. Everybody. 
yeah. Actually, I think the the scariest thing right now in Doctor Who is the Weeping Angels, and I don't care what you say. Oh, those freaks. Totally agree. I don't watch a lot of Doctor Who now, but my my nephew um, got me into reading about and watching some of the Weeping Angel stuff, and that is some freaky. It is. It is very that's good stuff. It yeah. will. It will. It is. It is some of the. That's why I always that you know they had some good writers that came up with yeah. some good you know good good enemies for him to fight and that was I actually one of the most disturbing i actually got my nephew a an um a weeping angel model from eagle moss for christmas last year yeah. so now he can always stare at it and not be yeah no to... i wouldn't want that in my house oh i can I see know, it right? is it a christmas tree topper <laughs> <laughs> i could just see it up there you know like this you know <laughs> Yeah, like doing that. Scare thing. the crap out of your kids. See yeah, what happens <laughs> if you're bad? <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm about. I'm sorry. I'm looking at my notes and I'm about to. Okay, shifting gears. Slam in the clutch and shift. Here we go. All right. When you first heard the opening theme to Lower Decks, those first subtle trumpet bars. Yes. Did you think of Galaxy yep, Quest? Absolutely. I did, did. too. Did yep. anybody else? Everybody yeah, it does, right does have it does have a very similar sound to it. Everyone yeah. in now they're two different guys. Um, I know who they are. David Newman, Newman, Newsome, Newman did Galaxy Quest. And Chris, what's Chris's last name? Who did, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Chris, Chris, somebody whose last name I don't know, did um, lower decks, but oh, the music's not. And as I'm listening to the songs, they're actually nothing alike. But those first yep. opening bars, totally thought of Galaxy Quest. I wonder if that's on purpose or just a happy accident. Like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if it was on purpose because I, I agree. I think they're they're they start people that are making Star Trek are looking back yeah to Galaxy Quest and yep. and certainly not they're not maybe using it as a template, but they're they're using it as 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 a as an anchor in the fandom you know that that this was very important to the fandom of star trek so if we can stick things in there that kind of lead you back to it i think they would do it possibly Just My opinion, back, on, back to the octopi did an original series by any other name the kelvins we see them in humanoid form but they are described as being like having mm -hmm. like hundreds of tentacles like an yep. octopus yeah, yeah uh, multi-legged, multi immense multi-legged yeah. beings, I think that's how Spock yep. described yeah. it. I always kind of pictured them more as centipede-like cool. than oh, I always multi-legged. I think multi-legs, I think of like a centipede, not an octopus. Because he didn't Westlake, say tentacles. What's that? Chris Westlake was is Chris the Chris Westlake, composer. thank yep. you. Yes, that. that is who it is. David Newman did Galaxy. Chris Westlake did Lower Decks. Well, so, you know, it's it's heroic, not uncommon for heroic trumpet fanfare to take things from other, you know. I mean, there's only so many notes you can put. I mean, you know, you look at um, uh, uh, our, our, the, who's the greatest composer there of movies there. Uh, John Williams. John, John Williams. Thank you. I'm having a terrible blackout. Ross Amico's going to be mad people, at you. I know, right? I uh, I love John Williams. Don't get me wrong. I just just blanked on his name for a second. But it, I had I have friends that were were composers for 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 television and and were just heavily into music. You know, in their in their careers, and they said we could you can go back to many classical pieces throughout time and find out where John Williams pulled a lot of the stuff oh. that he did. Um, he he was influenced quite a bit by you know these famous composers. So not not taking anything away from John Williams because he still was able to put it together in a way that was incredible. But even he s sort of took 
the you kind of like the like Spielberg did uses a lot of Hitchcock moves, you know, in his film, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. So, yeah. did we ever that get a is... name for the minor creatures in Galaxy Quest? No, I, I don't think. I think they just ever referred to them as the it's miners, the miners, okay. yeah. or the not miners, miners. I just like, <laughs> oh, look at the little ones hurt. Yeah. <laughs> no, you they're going to get ugly somehow. And, you know, Guy had it. Scary. The funny thing is, Guy had it figured out in the beginning. No, they're going to get scary somehow. That's not the only movie. Like, that's a nod to several movies. Like, that trope's been done where there's a cute creature, but then it turns. Yep. Oh, sure. That's the bunny from, from Holy Grail. <laughs> That wasn't what I was thinking, but okay, sure, the bunny from Holy Grail. <laughs> <laughs> Two's but a flesh wound. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, you gotta go there. But yeah, you're right. There was a ton of tropes in it. I mean, that was the oh, whole yeah. the whole movie. Yeah, that was the whole You know, game. I love when they start coming up. Well, we'll do this from episode. Wait a minute, was I in that episode? <laughs> I don't remember the episode. I can't believe they remember like episode thirty-five. How do they remember? <laughs> <laughs> because that's what that's but you know that's again a nod to to the nerds that would remember like the kids knew every single right. how many of us can you know i can see literally 10 seconds of any tos episode and tell you what it is and tell you what it is yeah yep. but, but what they actually do whatever episode it was what they actually do is pretend to fight kirk and spock did that at least three times and <laughs> yeah and they did it in the yeah. movies like they had secret communication in the movies too yep. yeah oh you know, uh, I, mean, you know it. It, it, I see you got your shirt off. You know, that was definitely a Kirk. <laughs> you know, he's a Kirk. You know, he's got this. He always lost his shirt, you know, or that's he had it the ripped other thing, open. That's the other thing that I loved is that they they had all of this, um, you know, fan, you know, the movies about what the fans like and, and everything. But they also had these characters acting like the other cast of the original series that had problems with Shatner stardom. Oh, absolutely. And they, they really, they really hammered that home. Grab that timer. Um, really hammered that home, especially in scenes like that, which I think, I think really. Yeah. I mean, we well in the movie. That's, that's an that's excellent good point. Because we really didn't touch on that, that, that dynamic within the cast yeah. that they were kind of replicating that, you know, we all knew for years that, you know, nobody liked Shatner or a lot of, you know, and him and Nimoy had problems, which is kind of the Lazarus character. You know, so you had, they were definitely replicating some of that, you know, in the film, which was kind of funny. But I think they, you know, in the end, they all got along. You know, I thought it was funny where, like, look, he's got a gig. When's the next time he's going to ask us to go with him? You know, (laughs) we're going. And a couple of things specifically mentioned. The shirt thing, George Takei confirms, like, yeah, that was a lot. Um, the Gwen's line, my entire TV guide interview was six paragraphs about my boobs and how they fit into my uniform. That supposedly actually happened to Jerry Ryan in her, her, when she was first on Voyager as seven, she wore that cat suit. Yeah. 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 Um, and there was a couple, a couple other incidents. We all really appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There was a couple of, a lot of this stuff was based on stuff that actually happened. Yeah. Which, yeah. which is another reason why I think people like us and fans of, of franchises like Star Trek appreciate it as much as we do. I mean, I'm, I know that there are people who don't like Galaxy Quest who are big Star Trek fans. I, I personally, in my own opinion, I'm not sure why. I think it's, it's fun. And I think it's, it's a way to, to you know, 
show what we all felt back then, Mm -hmm. uh, back in, especially uh, when the movie came out, like I said, at the beginning, it's not something, it's something that you did not talk about. I mean, I had two things. I was a huge Michael Jackson fan growing up and that was something you didn't talk about. And being a Star Trek fan was something you didn't talk about. So um, I totally, I totally appreciate it. Um, Not the Michael Jackson thing, the Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nesmith, in the very, very beginning of the movie, Nesmith overhears some unflattering things. And that is supposedly a real incident that happened to Shatner. Oh, that's interesting. I'm asking. I actually don't know. Everyone. I don't know. It doesn't see, you know, having met Bill a couple of times, I don't, I can't see him reacting First of all, he never well, really got into the role like, you know, he no, was. No, no, no. Yeah, they were getting in fun of like, these guys all think that, you know, yeah. they're, and then, and then the way the kids are making fun of him, that I can't see Shatner doing. He was, he's always been very kind of, this is just a job for me. You know, he's yeah. never gotten into the role. Because he clearly went on, I mean, did TJ Hooker, he did. Yeah, yeah. He, he no. was, he just saw it as another acting job for many, many years. I don't think he embraced Star Trek more until later just like nimoy i think did as well i think he was always trying to break away and then realized that this is who i am i gotta a, you know. just look at my notes here's a so, tiny little teeny tiny little nod um did you guys notice uh dr lazarus has this and then he goes wait and he turns it around the other way that's a tiny little nod to nimoy because nimoy always held the tricorder do i have that no the tricorder like out to the camera and right. I, I thought he did it on purpose because he's like the audience wants to see the tri. Yeah, that was that was something I think either I think Doug Drexler or Michael Kuda or one of those one of those two said um, that you always noticed that that Nimoy would always hold the tricorder. You know, Chekhov would hold it like you would think looking, yeah, at, like it. looking at it. Yeah. But but yeah, Spock would always hold it kind of facing out because he knew that at least in his mind that this was for the fans. You know, yeah. this is for the audience to see this thing, whatever it is, tricorder. This technology. So the, he, because he would always look at it with it facing out, uh, which always bugged me, by the way, on the show, because I always said, why doesn't he turn it around? It's kind of like you with the, the scraping of the thing. It's a little wiggly thing. Oh, Bruce posted, I guess, a, this is a quote from Will Shatner. I thought I thought it was, a, I assume, talking about galaxies. I thought it was a very funny, was very funny, and I thought the audience that they portrayed was totally real, but the actors that they were pretending to be were totally unrecognizable. I think um, he says that tongue in cheek though. Huh. I think he's I don't being know. Did, uh, I, I don't know. This is just a quote, so I can't tell how he said yeah. it. Certainly I don't know what Tim Allen was doing. He seemed to be the head of a group of actors and for the life of me, I was trying I was to understand trying to who, who he was imitating. He was imitating. The only one he, I recognized was the girl playing Michelle Nichols. Michelle, yeah. His tongue was <laughs> I think firmly in his yeah, cheek for that comment. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like it. <laughs> that's great so you know it was funny um well it is i just want to be very respectful of dan's time it is 7 57 so i don't want to hold him too late um um <laughs> do we have any other anything else we want to hit on on our beloved galaxy quest i could go another hour on this film i swear unfortunately so could i yeah i, I gotta great I got to say, give me a couple of tidbits or a couple of juicy things that I'm really going to like with the documentary because I'm dead serious. I got to try to talk my wife into not watching The Masked Singer because now we're hooked on that show. No, no, but you need to watch the documentary. I want to okay. watch the documentary tonight. Um, if oh, you there's watch Roxanne tonight. and Harold Weir want, yeah. in it. Um, <laughs> if you guys, if you've all been to Star Trek Las Vegas, you've probably met Roxanne and Harold Weir. They often run, they often mm. go, go yeah. dressed as Thermians. Yes. Yep. And they are so adorable. I have, my, I have okay. a picture yeah. with them um uh, brent spiner's in it 
Will Wheaton has commented, like, and they're all favorably commenting on yeah, Pence Finder, good. you know, the geeks There's, here and Inherit the Earth. Oh, no, maybe it's Will Wheaton, the geeks Inherit the Earth. I watched it with my wife. She thoroughly enjoyed it. Of course, she likes the movie and she um, yeah, has watched Star A lot Trek. of behind the scenes. Oh, they so. talk about when the set caught fire. They talk about the gimbal, actually, what they, because, you know, on Star Trek, they went right. like that. They, these guys had a gimbal. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what else did they talk about? That how it almost oh, who they who they wanted besides Tim Allen. Right, yeah, they went casting. All that. They talk yeah. a lot about the casting. How, which I yeah, love that stuff. Harold Ramis, I, I do too. Yeah. And actually, Harold Ramis saw the film afterwards, and, and they was, talk a lot about Harold was, Ramis. Yep. Was was pretty happy with you know he's like that's not the direction I would have went, but yep. It yeah, works what yeah, you guys said. Like, yeah, that, that actually makes me awesome. kind of glad that he didn't do it then. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And he didn't yeah. leave in any anger or anything. He he just thought, I don't know if I understand Tim Allen's comedy enough yeah. to yeah, direct just, him it was, well. It was odd. It, it was yeah. actually a generous, it was actually a very generous move on his part. Um, yeah, well, he was, he's back. such a phenomenal director in his own right. So, you know, it, it, he's just, he was a great loss when he died. So. It was. Let me yeah. ask you this because I'm trying to piece it together and I'm not typing on my computer to pull it up right now. When did Galaxy Quest come out in relation to Alan's time on um, being Tool Man? Tim? Shortly Tim. after, because it was shortly was after. Immediately right? after. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was ninety. It was, was. They uh, make a point of this in the documentary that it, he was sort of experiencing what Jason Nesmith is experiencing. He just had had fame on a show, yep. but it ended. Yep. And Jason Nesmith had had fame, and it ended. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I do know that there was. I think a, it ended. I don't know. I'd have to look it up, but. I do know there was there was a time where Tim Allen thought that this was going to launch him as a star of science fiction. Yes, and, yes, he and, did. He's yeah. a huge sci-fi fan. He's got yeah. like Robbie the Robot and like a whole bunch of stuff. Oh wow, that's he, pretty awesome. <laughs> that's cool. stupid. Uh, a Rob, a Robbie, not the uh, Robbie. <laughs> wow, went eight seasons. Um, so ninety nine, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it must have just ended. Yeah, he's end? done like the Santa Claus. Like he's probably thinking, okay, career is starting to head down now. Stupid mm. tidbit: I was on vacation last week. I rented a house. Apparently, Tim Allen used to rent that house regularly. Oh, oh, fun! So. There's probably some Easter yeah. eggs there you didn't see. Okay. <laughs> Weird, stupid, completely pointless. But I thought I'd throw it out since we were talking about Tim Allen. So, cool. Dan, if yes, you have dear. to go, can you tantalize our audience with any cool things that might be coming up? In the world of the oh. Trek Geek Podcast Network. Well, yeah, we always got good things going on. Um, one of the things that next week we're actually um, we're doing a two week, two episodes over two weeks, and next week we're going to start with the cage. We're going to talk specifically about the cage and Vina and Pike, of course. Um, Are you going to like compare Discovery Vina and original series well, Vina? While you say that, let me just bring up my schedule here so I can give you the specifics because I want to give you the specifics. So we're going to do specifically the cage next week, but the week after we're going to do specifically the discovery episode, if memory serves. Good. So good, we're going to be talking about comparisons and what we saw and, and cool. everything that goes on with that. Of course, this is Voyager 25, uh, Voyager's 25th anniversary this year. So we're doing a whole bunch of Voyager stuff. We got a few more episodes of see it or skip it coming up, which fans love to, uh, to listen to. So we really like that. And we, of course, over my head here, you can see the poster that we made. We were supposed to do our Star Trek, uh, Trek Geeks Live. Why You're Star live, Trek matters. Yes. It was supposed to happen um, um, this uh, next month. Well, today, it's almost October, in October. But we had to cancel it, of course, because of the pandemic. We hope to reschedule we schedule it. So I think what we're going to do at some point in the month of October, we may have another Trek Geeks live stream 
that we yes did please sort do. Of, um, I don't know if we're going to be able to get somebody like Jonathan Frakes again, but uh, we're going to do something live because people really appreciated that. It gives something for, it gives folks something to do when they're you know stuck inside. So we're always doing stuff. It, it's funny we we try to do a schedule for what we're going to do for the whole year. We bounce stuff around all the time. So um, a lot of Voyager. Um, of course, Discovery, uh, we've got um, Lower Decks we're talking about right now on Discovering Trek, and Discovery starts in just a couple of weeks, so we'll be doing a weekly episode to talk about each episode of that show, so it's a great time to be a Star Trek fan, guys, isn't it? It really is, awesome. and you and you guys are trekgeeks.com. Yes, trekgeeks.com, you can find us on Twitter, we're at trekgeeks, Facebook, uh, yeah, of course, we'll trekgeeks, and Camp Kittimer. So yeah, great. Five people that look at it. Can yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we will put and, it on uh, Bill is uh, on Twitter. He's at Trek Geek Bill, and I am at Trek Geek Dan. It's not too difficult. So drop by, say hello. Great. Well, thank awesome. you for, for joining us. And it certainly, is, we'd love to have oh you gosh. back. Sometime. It is my pleasure. I had a great time, and I definitely would love to come back. So, all just right. Let me well, know. that's a date then. We'll, we'll come up if you have a movie or film or something that you want a TV series you want to talk about. Let Jaws. us know. That's 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 Jaws? 70s and Jaws is my Roy would have to give us a pass. That would be Roy. Yeah, so we're doing Jaws. we're that's attempting sci fi the 80s, 90s, yeah, and we're talking. Oh, okay. And then I'll, I'll, I'll our find crewmate, yeah. our... oh, she's locked up again. That's okay. Our crewmate Roy does 70s, 60s, and 50s. So. Yeah, so. <laughs> but Jaws, okay. oh, I'd love to Jaws is actually, it's funny with all the Star Trek I have in my life, Jaws is my all time favorite movie ever. Yeah, it is really? So yeah. It's a per- almost perfect. It's a very yeah. well constructed. Yeah, it, like it's a, held, it holds together. Story. You watch it, it and, 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 and it, uh, yeah. to this day, it to this day. Up. And of course, we all run around going, uh, you're going to need a bigger boat. Please never exactly. try to remake. Although one could argue that like films like The Meg are kind of remakes of Star yes. Trek, but I yeah. mean, of uh, Jaws, excuse me. Of Jaws. Um, but I don't. They're fun. Nothing, nothing, nothing is Jaws except no, Jaws. Nothing is Jaws. It's funny <laughs> I because I know we talked about this before, but you know, my daughter, I have an 18 year old daughter, and me and my wife is one of our favorite movies, and we finally she watches it, and because we're like, oh, it was so scary, you know. 19, I didn't even see it because I was too young. See in the theater, I didn't see it till mm-hmm. I was a teenager. But I remember my sisters, everybody was doing. Nobody would go even a lake, let alone the ocean. <laughs> That year, that summer, and and then my daughter said, "It's not that scary. Why is why are you guys saying yeah, that's scary?" And I'm like, "Yeah, because so today's because they're watching The Walking Dead." And right, exactly, like <laughs> exactly. TV shows are worse than, than John. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'll do our little shout out here to Roy since we're since we were just talking about. Yeah. So Roy's tie dye sci fi. Roy does sci fi of the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and he's gonna be having all kinds of fun Halloween stuff all October long. As are we. Um, Nice. This as are we. Yep. This Sunday, he's actually going to be speaking with Space 1999 actress Yasuko Nagazumi, um, who has actually gone on to become like an amazing producer and manager of like high-end print wow. advertisements for like Gucci and and Armani and stuff like that. And then um, that's Sunday. That's Sunday. And then Friday, this Friday, with his usual Friday co-host Ross Miko, they're going to be doing 1975's Trilogy of Terror. If you guys remember that. <laughs> so if you're into any of the sci-fi of the of the older years, that's the show to watch. And we'll wow, put a link one. on our Facebook page. And Rizzo, can you tell the fans what we have on deck? We who are you going to call? Ah. We're going to do Ghostbusters, and Ken Schmidt's going to bring us, come back and visit us again. Dogs and cats. Hockey living and dogs together. and cats living together. Mass, Mass hysteria. hysteria. And a special yeah. cameo by Ron Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Special yeah, cameo so, uh, by Zach. Join us, and then we have, a, we have a lineup coming up for the rest of the month, of course, being Halloween. 
It Halloween will, will be sci-fi, scary. scary, sort of. We don't know how scary it's going to be. Awesome. Feel free to wear your costumes, though. Oh, Absolutely. Okay. Watch, watching costume. Watching. Thanks for having me, guys. This was a lot All right. of fun. Thank really you for being here. Once again, and as we always say, live long and prosper. Bye-bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thanks for watching.